Hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. This is the pre-Thanksgiving edition. Joining me from an undisclosed location to protect his own safety um, somewhere in the state of Wisconsin is Eric Wyken. Eric, how are you? Doing all right. Enjoying my time away from the, the rain in Houston to the cold in a suburb of Milwaukee. So... Yeah. We got to protect you from the fans though. Yeah. I mean, because I think since this podcast has gotten above 5,000 downloads a month, things have gotten, I think just things have changed. Yeah. Right. In the way that people react when they see you in public. Yeah. And I did have, uh, I did have somebody introduce themselves at the 2022 short course by nationals. Um, quite pleasant as, as a normal human being. So I can't be that lucky every time. Right. Right. All the other times where the people are coming up to you and they're, you know, they're mad, whether it be about Joel's comments on Romania or Joel's comments on Stanford, you know, it's just like, you feel like you probably have to be answerable yeah, to what I other people say. Yeah. For, for the comments that I never make. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, hopefully today we can add some fuel to the fire, you know, um, we decided for this one, uh, and Joel was unable to make it, um, partially due to a scheduling snafu uh, on my end. So I, um, uh, we, we decided that we would have hot takes from the first week end of college invites, because um, for those of you who, you know, follow college swimming, right, you know that there's, um, first off, the whole season has gotten a lot more exciting than it used to be. Um, but then there's also these mid-season points that have traditionally been an exciting point. Um, and there's, you know, roughly distributed uh, number of them that come the week before Thanksgiving and then another group of them that come after Thanksgiving, which gives us two full weeks of content to put on that podcast. Um, so I asked you and and even myself to sit and come up with some takes from the weekend's meets that we could discuss. And uh, uh, I'm going to let you go first. So give me your first uh, smoke and take from this first weekend of invites. And then uh, we'll discuss that a little bit and I'll bring one out. Uh, one of the big ones that stood out to me is, was the ASU men uh, at the NC State invite. Um, you know, clearly NC State has been doing a great job year in, year out, but just seeing the ASU men come on in this midseason meet, throwing down the times that they did um, in, a, in a whole host of events, not just in their now uh, pet events, which are the sprint events, which we'll talk about in a bit. But, um, you know, <laughs> Leon Marchand aside, who seems to be able to swim anything and everything all at once, um, his big one that that didn't really surprise me, but stood out was just like the the three thirty three four IM into the one thirty two eight hundred free relays. So that double that night um, was was pretty incredible. The ASU men um, putting four under forty three in that that one hundred free A final. Um, a kid that I watched growing up back in the Midwest and Jack Dolan getting under nineteen for the first time. In a 50 free, so yep. a big swim there. Um, but as far as 
you know, the men's teams around the country in this first weekend, it really seemed like ASU just hit the ground in a full-out sprint in every single facet of their program. So I hope if it's a hot take more than it is just a, a reaffirmation of some of the things that we've been seeing so far is that they're, they're really not missing a beat in any opportunity to swim fast. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a certain vein of this where you could go like, uh, well, you know, why focus on something like that? They're they're already so good. But I think anybody, you know, who's given this a fair look knows it's really, really hard to improve at the level that they're at. And it seems like their team is still improving. Um, and, you know, the next level up of improvement for them puts them in contention for a national title. Yeah. So um, it is a big deal. Yeah, they're clearly is pushing a big deal. top it's, five right now with some of these results. Like they're definitely on that, right. that next step. Right. So. And, you know, like we don't want to give Kyle Sockwell, you know, who's um, uh, the, the, the most prominent uh, uh, ASU uh, alumni slash fan slash hype man. You know, we don't want to give him too much credit, but we, we, we just can't ignore – I think what's happening there, um, you know, uh, certainly the stuff with Marshawn, but I think you're right to point out that it goes much more than uh, skin deep with that team, that you can see that there's sort of um, a lot of people that are continuing to develop. They're coming along for the ride. The team is just getting better across the board and definitely a statement for them to sort of come across the country and yeah, three time zones um, and just light it up <laughs> and just light it up against, uh, against NC state. Right. Yeah. Um, who's essentially, I mean, I know that meets like at the GAC or whatever, so it's not on technically on NC state's campus, but it's sort of like their home turf. Yeah. And NCAA's um, you wouldn't want to have a meet on their home turf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough place to go into. Um, but we also in that same weekend, that same meet, we had the Stanford women. You know. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Joel's favorite. Here team. we go. So it, be yeah. it begs the question: with a lot of those Olympians and national caliber and international caliber swimmers not taking steps backwards in their first opportunity to swim, some of the freshmen, you know, Kurzan had a PR in a two-back. There's kind of an asterisk with that, not really being rested for a while, but a lot of great swims. Is this going to go against? the blind seething hatred that Joel has for this program. And is this, is this the turnaround point, Chris, are they, are they, are they moving forward? Is the last two, three, four, five, six seasons uh, an aberration? I, you know, what I love is that we're playing along with this and that we actually have a lot of new listeners who are probably going to internalize like, wow, what did Joel say about Stanford? And then maybe they're going to dig through the archives. They're going to listen to the podcast. They're going to go, wait a second. That doesn't sound like Joel at all. That sounds like Chris's voice. Who's making a bunch of critical points about Stanford. I, I can't believe these podcasters would be so dishonest about what's happened. No, I mean, I think, um, I, I do, I do, uh, agree with you, Stanford women swim well, and, um, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta recognize both sides of the coin there. I think it'll be really interesting to see and tell you a lot 
about how effectively Greg Meehan is coaching there that they're now in their sort of post super team period, right? Virginia women are essentially the super team. Although I saw it, like I saw a poll, like the CSCAA poll had Texas women ranked first. And I, it made me doubt whether I've been following college swimming well enough. I'm like, really? There was like people that sat down and went, yeah, I think probably Texas is better than is that UVA. a dual poll? Like, Have they had a dual meet? Am yeah, I like, yeah, am I exposing yeah, myself live on the yeah, podcast and Texas beat UVA in the dual meet or big fancy dual meet where there was actually some pomp and circumstance out at UT the first night. Did Texas win? Um, I believe there was some disqualifications in the mix as far as relays go, um, but it was definitely a victory on Eric. Tell side. me what happened. I'm so I'm, so, I'm embarrassing <laughs> myself live every minute. This conversation yeah, goes longer. Yeah, yeah, the women the women did have did have they did pull out a W as, as, as far as I remember. So okay, so um, sorry. Uh, now I'm now I'm horribly but, embarrassed. But, you know, I I I missed that, and that's right. The people I know from the people. You know, from having run that poll, the people in the room went, well, we have to put Texas first because they beat UVA. Yeah. Regardless of whether we think, like, if this meet was held 100 times, you know, would UVA win 51 of them? Which I think, honestly, I still think that's true. At least 51 of them. That's 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 my opinion. I don't know how we got here. But uh, anyway. <laughs> It's a different, we all know it's a different situation when you get to the, the invite format in an NCAA three plus days versus yeah. dual meet. Stanford is no longer, uh, is no longer that super team, right? They're no longer the team that, you know, has sort of all the hype around it. Now, Stanford University, uh, the, don't cry any tears for Stanford University in terms of people wanting to go there. Um, I think that's uh, about as uh, bulletproof a proposition as there is, especially in the sport of swimming, that really, really fast swimmers will want to, you know, at, at a minimum study at Stanford University. And it, it'd be good that they also have a swim team for them to continue doing that. Um, so that part of it will always sustain them, I think, with a sort of they have a they have a pretty high floor of performance. But, you know, I, I still think um, I think you're right in the point making that they are um, doing well. I think, you know, I, I want to see how things go over the course of four years. And that's where I probably would really change and recant all of the opinions I shared on there. Like if Claire Curzan is walking away from Stanford, a significantly, or even like just a little bit better. Yeah. Cause let's be than, honest, the 1% what, for somebody like Claire, right. Claire Curzan. It's massive. Yes. If she's, if she's a little bit better than when she got there, um, that'll be something where I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got to eat it. Um, because I think, even with some of the the analysis that I gave way back when, there was a lot of like swam well freshman year, swam pretty good sophomore year, and some tapering off, some natural tapering off um, as you got into those third and fourth years. And I think that segues probably pretty well into one of the invite points that I want to make, which is I want to give a shout out to Auburn University and. Um, Coach Ryan Wakamurko, who we've brought up a number of times 
in the context of this uh, podcast. But I was watching that UGA invite, you know, because as people know, uh, I'm an old uh, uh, Georgia Tech homer. And uh, I guess there's no Georgia Tech invite anymore. I don't know what happened to the Georgia Tech invite, but now they're swimming at Georgia. And so it brought my attention over. And it was a it was like a, a power packed little invite with um, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Georgia Tech and Florida State um, as a sort of the big, big, big teams competing there. And I was really impressed with Auburn on two fronts. I think the first front is I can see that there are swimmers who, you know, this is Wakamurka's second year. He hasn't had a chance to recruit even probably most of the swimmers that are on the team. They have a lot of swimmers that he didn't recruit that are swimming really well. And I think I, I want to bring that up because I think when you take over a, a big program, there is, there's a bit of fool's gold that you're offered, right? You can say, Hey, you know, the previous, uh, the previous guy really messed this up and he put a bunch of people on this roster that, you know, they're not my people or I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have recruited them or, you know, all the, all this stuff, like people will give you a pass on that. Your athletic director will give you a pass on it. Probably um, a lot of the fans that are following. And the reason I say it's fool's gold is because yeah, you can blow it all up and, and start from scratch, but, but can you really, Yeah. <laughs> because um, it's going to make it take, if you, if you don't have that in your skill set to come in and take swimmers that didn't choose you, and you didn't choose them, right? And help them to keep moving forward. It's going to be a real painful trip. Yeah, <laughs> back to wherever you want to get success wise. And what I'm seeing rough. is, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm seeing is that they're actually having a lot of success with those swimmers. Yeah. So that you know they've got juniors and seniors on the roster who are swimming better than they've ever swam, and they've continued to swim. They've stayed there. Um, no, no, no transition like this is without transfers, but I've seen um, uh, a, a plenty of just really positive progress from people that um, were there before. And, and if people listen all the way back, I have a podcast with Ryan Wachmerker where he talks explicitly about this as a strategy that he was going to employ um, or that he was employing, as I think I talked to him in the first month on the job. So it's I've been following that. Like I want to know when somebody tells me something like that, the little uh, switch in my brain goes, "Okay, I'm actually going to follow up and see if this was true yeah. or not." Yeah. And um, you know, from the outside looking in, it is true. Watching them mix it up in relays with teams like Florida and Georgia, and in many cases, um, or, in, or in several cases, come out ahead of one of those two teams. I think it's a really, really positive sign for. Auburn and, and I was really impressed. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, long, that's me stopping yeah, my Auburn long, point. Long term in terms of like, just, I mean, a big, it's still a big thing there. Right? They are an SEC team. They do have resources, but your, your alumni support is big. You know, those kids who came in and didn't choose them now, or ha if they're having a, a really fun experience and they're swimming fast, you've got them locked in, you've got them locked in for life. Right. And, um, and then furthermore, it's a, it's a huge recruiting tool that you can just come in with kids you've never worked with, like you would as any other college coach, but really kids that you didn't plan on working with and taking them to the level they want to be. It just, it, it bodes really well for, 
for the program. Um, speaking of that UGA invite, um, I mean, the, the Florida men look solid. I mean, we could talk a little bit about those mm-hmm. guys in terms of, you know, Sprint being on point, uh, Jake McGahee's first kind of suited experience being on his, on a new Florida team and looks to be settling in pretty well, you know, a, a really solid midseason mile. That's one of those events that's really tough to, you know, what's going to happen on any given day. It could be, it right, could be it, great. It may be like, it may be the first time you're swimming it all year yeah. or at best it's the second time yeah. you're swimming it, it. And just being off the A cut. So, you know, being in a place where he's already going to get invited. Um, the one thing that right. I noticed on the, on the Florida women's side is that Emma Wyatt was again, not, not competing. So I didn't mm. do enough research in the last, I don't know, few months to notice that she made that transfer out of UVA and to Florida and not at, at the midseason. So maybe there's just just taking this semester and kind of just kind of doing a little bit of a mental reset and training and getting back into things. And hopefully that's the case and she's in a good spot. Um, otherwise, you know, so um, like you said, it was just kind of a, a meet that was going really well that, that kind of flew a bit under the radar because it didn't have a lot of the flash and flare of some of the names that you saw at the NC state and, and some of the other names in and around the country. And, you know, we were going to mention some of the good things happening in, in Tennessee and then you know, a little bit going on at Art Adamson. Um, but in any event, I don't know which, what direction you want to go next. Though just, I was smirking at your, your Art Adamson comment because two things, first off, I feel like, for whatever reason, there's just certain places like that all of us just seem to follow naturally more close. And you're always following Texas. So my first reason for my smirk, for those of you watching the video, is that Eric just gives a disproportionate number of updates on Texas A&M for whatever reason. <laughs> it's a team that interests him more it's than anything else. It's 75 minutes from my uh, Well, that's, that's, that's got to be, that's gotta be part of it. But the other one is I would like a definitive ranking of the named invites. Like I need, I need somebody to dive dive in hard and give me like a top five, like was Art Adamson, like how does Art Adamson stack up against Phil Hansel? You know, like this is like, I need, I need to know all the invites that have somebody's name, you know, after it. And then I I need to know how those two people compare up. So if one yeah. of them is more like a World War II veteran that happened to like swim across right. an ocean dragging one of his <laughs> one of his soldiers. Right. I I mean it kind of like the point of having it named the Art Adamson invite wife think would be f- to recognize Art Adamson, but I confess I, I don't off the top of my head know who Art Adamson is or was. Um and I I've been to the Phil Hansel invite and I definitely got an explanation of what Phil Hansel had done, but I don't know that either. Um, so I'm just saying for anybody out there that has the same interest as me, if you could just compile a list of these named invites and just like, you know, like maybe pit them head to head against each other. That's the kind of content I would love to consume and, <laughs> and probably won't be, won't be created. All right. What else you got? Do you want to talk about Adamson a little yeah, bit? Yeah, we can. Cause one of the things that I, I noticed and again, it being in my backyard, um, and you know, did you go see some live? I, Eric, I, I did not actually. I was, uh, um, okay. 
working working in the office and, and getting ready for for traveling at the end of the week and, and now here in my undisclosed location on the southeast portion of Wisconsin. Um, Texas A&M landed Baylor Nelson, you know, the number one recruit yeah. in, in a class ago. So one of the things that I was really looking at in terms of this first meet is what is his first real opportunity to suit and rest look like for, for A&M? Now, kind of as we all know, it's one of those things where guys guys are typically on that upward trajectory for, for several years. But when somebody comes in at that level, it's not quite maybe nearly the same when you come in as fast as somebody like he does. And he posted some PRs and some really great swims. Um, you know, if you think about the last time they had somebody in like him who was a strong IMer and a strong backstroker and, you know, we can't say that they are certainly on the same level, but they had similar success with your boy. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it's, it's a good thing to show for this program is that it's like, he obviously chose Texas A&M. He could have gone anywhere. Their number one recruit in the nation can go anywhere. He, he really wants to, it ends up choosing A&M. Maybe it's the color scheme. Maybe he just wants to be an Aggie and do the thumbs up thing. Um, but you know, the reality is, is he had a great meet. And, um, yeah. and one of the other things too, and again, it, it's kind of a Homer and full disclosure. I do have to follow some of the teams that, uh, I do work with in, in my profession and the LSU sprinters, you know, obviously with Curry and McNeil having a good meet, putting down some really, really solid times, um, kind of kept going as their season progressed and, and some of the other swims around them. And, and obviously Maggie McNeil is a huge impact on on where she where that team lands not only at SECs but at NCAA's. Um, their women got the A cut in the Twitter free relay, which uh, yeah. obviously it helps when you have somebody go twenty point five on the two leg of, of that relay. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, but the the reality is is the sprinting around them is going is doing well. Um, the other the other strokes and the other races are, are starting to pick up and they're starting to adapt to some of the things that are going on at LSU. But, you know, the two big names that are supposed to be going really fast are um, found out she she pulled out of the last day. It would have been interesting to see the 100 free, but she's got a short course world championship to focus on. So got a, got some really fast times in earlier in the week. And then and then one more just it was hard to really keep up with all the results and kind of look with it. But um, the big name on the women's side, not named McNeil was you know, out of A&M with Chloe Stepanek in the freestyles, putting in some, some really solid times there uh, kind of stood out to me as, as far as that meet goes. So um, I guess we just need to find out what art did uh, and if he was an awesome person or not. I mean, I'm sure he did something amazing. Uh, the, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes him an amazing person or not. You know, like you, you know, bad people can do amazing things. Good people can do amazing things. I don't know. We're getting a full philosophical conversation. I, I just want to say to um, Jay Holmes at, at A&M, like whatever you're paying, Eric, it's not enough. Okay? <laughs> like you guys, you, you, that cash that you've been mailing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Double, double it. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you're mailing him, not me. double it, <laughs> double it guys, because he's out here doing God's work for you. He is, he is marketing your program. And I guess that's my way of segue, segueing into 
a weird situation because I think this is a program that uh, gets a lot of attention to it. But I want to highlight somebody within that program that's sort of like, you know, he's kind of a cult hit of a coach. And um, that person is Josh Hugey, who I um, uh, ha- am deducing coaches sprinters <laughs> at the University of Tennessee. And I, I just want to preface it by saying also I take full credit for all the success of Josh Hugey because prior to him becoming a college swim coach, he emailed me once about becoming a college swim coach, and I replied to that email. So really, when you think about it, all the success I'm about to discuss is really because of me. Yeah. Um, you were the catalyst. And this is all, yeah, this is all just a self-referential loop of way for me to praise myself. But no, seriously, um, you know, I think he's, he's not necessarily a guy who, um, if you just follow social media, you're going to be like hit over the head with like, hey, this guy um, is a collegiate elite sprint coach. And yet, um, he had crooks as, uh, as just an absolutely insane, uh, freshman sprinter last year. And by the way, like a normal age for a freshman sprinter, essentially. Um, and then he's got this swimmer, uh, Guy Caribe, uh, hope I'm pronouncing that properly, who, um, is, is pretty close to, um, Crooks's level just one year afterwards, he's, he's just behind him in the all time fastest, um, freshman. And actually when you go to the next person down the line, it's, uh, Jimmy Feagan and, and Danny Kruger and Jimmy Feagan, that was a, you know, suit year, um, 13 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so incredibly, uh, uh, impressive performance. Now I, I did, you know, in my research before this turn up that, that Kribe had done a 48, uh, four, I believe in the hundred long course free. So I guess when you've done a 48, four in long course free 41 in the hundred free is pretty much what you might expect actually even more hilariously. And this is just a side tangent that I want to go on and people listen, I think specifically Eric for just the random paths that my brain goes down. I found a recruiting profile for Guillermo Caribe Oliveira Santos. So just, just, um, just for everybody out there that feels like, man, I really need a leg up in recruiting. This guy is the second fastest freshman sprinter ever. And as far as I can tell, paid somebody money to get his name out there to college programs. I'm just, I'm just throwing that information, uh, do with it what you will. My, my advice, if I could have a time machine to go back is just email college coaches that you go as, as, as of when he set up this profile, I go 49 long course in the hundred free. Just, just do that. They're like, just subject line. I go 49 long course in the hundred free. I don't think you need to do any other recruiting services after that, but nevertheless, he, he did. Um, and it's just an amazing time capsule to, um, see that somebody was, uh, acting as intermediary, other amazing stats from this six foot one, 152 pounds. Oh gosh. So, um, <laughs> that's, some Anthony, that's some Anthony Irvin style build right there. Yeah. That sounds exactly like that's him some, from his freshman year. 
full full whippet mode engaged. Um, I guess when this guy was going extremely fast, maybe he's he's put on a bit since then. Again, that would probably be sentence two in my email. I go forty nine long course on the hundred free, and I'm I weigh one hundred and fifty pounds. Um, <laughs> and just like let let the imagination of the college coaches run wild with what they could do with a hundred and fifty pound person who goes forty nine long course in the hundred free. No, but back to Josh Uji, I think yeah, okay. So both of these um, guys, you could say, um, were really good products coming in, but like again, part of the job of a college coach is recruiting, is identifying talent, is convincing really talented people that are going to explode and swim amazingly fast that you're the person that they should trust to coach them um, in their their swimming career. And, um, you know, I think this is probably something that's going to be getting uh, more attention, but maybe not always um, Josh Hughes's name mentioned. And then the final point I want to make on this is I just want to borrow a piece of analysis um, from Swim Swam. And I'm just going to read this out loud. Um, it says, Kribe still has the rest of the 2022-23 season to get a shot at Crooks' freshman record. As you can see from the splits below, Kribe was 0.17 seconds slower than Crooks um, on the first 50 and 0.1 seconds slower on the second 50, meaning he will have to either improve both his front and back half or go more, quote, all out in one part of the race in order to get a shot at beating Crooks' time. So, Eric, I just want you to understand what they're saying there is that he's going to have to swim faster than Crooks if he wants Wait, to break Crooks' record. Let me get a pen. Yeah, just write that down. So if he wants to beat Crooks, go um, I've also got some football predictions for the weekend. First uh, the team that scores more points will be winning the game. Um, whatever faster. game it is you care about. And then the second 50, is that option? You know what? We'll, no, we'll discuss it afterwards. Okay. Okay. It's just, the, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I know it's a little bit complicated. Um, any, any reaction to the uh, Tennessee stuff? No, I, it's, I'm hundred percent in, in line with that. I mean, it's like, it, you know, you, you had guys come in that were fast and they got, and they're getting faster. They're certainly hitting it. Right now, I mean, 41s, you got a pair of guys going 41s. It's you're doing something right. Um, regardless right. Of, of the talent, there's 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 got to be a focus on the intangibles. And um, he has got some work to do around the walls, obviously, coming from a country where the, the long course is much a bigger focus um, than it is necessarily the, the short course yards. So when you watch them do the hundred side by side, I mean, it's it's night and day where, where the strengths are. It's like, he just has much, he's a much better race on top of the water than, than, than Crooks does, but you're going to see it. Everybody looks like they're, they're like a child yeah. next to Crooks yeah. doing a turn so you're, basically you're at this point. Yeah. You're definitely going to, you would like to think that there's going to be some kind of improvement, whether it be steady or yeah. a huge jump, you know, in the next, I do could be next two months we'll see some improvement, but definitely by NCAA's this sophomore year, you know, there's going to be a, a, a wow moment out of this um, and anybody else that, that's kind of go along the way. That would be that would be line three of my email, by the way. My turns are terrible. Yeah. Do you think you could help? Because any college coach that does it, that coaches sprinters and his goes like, you know, actually I have no confidence in my ability to help somebody do a better turn. Yeah you know, probably isn't at a good, good level. So 
I'm just I'm, I'm spitballing this email as you go. Yeah. Um, as far as the rest of that invite goes, you know, I I gotta say there were some really standout swims on on the women's side. It just seems like if there was a female situation of Leon Marchand, it's <laughs> Kate Douglas. And if there was a male ver version of the situation as Kate Douglas, it's Leon Marchand. It's like she's going 201, 200 breaststroke and 20 point in the 50 and 50 yeah. point in the 105, 51 in the 100 back. And it's like, it just it blows your mind that you're seeing the versatility out of some of these obviously elite swimmers. It, sh it just doesn't seem like there's an event that she can't do. And it, you know, you're seeing the same thing in Tempe. It, it's just mind blowing. I mean, that aside, the Walsh sisters swam pretty well. They DQ'd two relays, which was, you know, a, a bit of a, a side, but other than that, um, not a bad been beat, happening not a, a bit lately. But, <laughs> like, there's not. I don't know. I was kind of trying to sift through some of the stuff that was going on. There's some people pulling out of the meet. I think there might have been some illnesses floating around, um, in and around the invite. So, so people either not finishing the the meet or not making it to the meet. Claire Tuggle uh, didn't swim at the the invite at all. So it, it's just a matter of maybe the timing of everything. But um, you know, just. I don't, I'm a 201, 200 breasts. Like I'm just trying to wrap my yeah. head around that swim. And for the most part, yeah. it was done all on top of the water because Walsh crushed her on the pullouts. Like her pullouts aren't bad, but they're not. You put these two together and they're going 159. It's just, it's a, it's a mind blowing, hmm. a mind blowing swim. Um, yeah. I was going to say, cause I didn't watch it, but I would go like my, my, you know, lizard brain would just go, Oh, well, Douglas just brings the skills that she has from all the other events over to the 200 breast. But to me that one of her best skills is what she does directly after pushing off a wall yeah. for yeah. lack of a better description. And that maybe is not a relative strength for her in breaststroke. You know, like you're right that um, if I'm thinking back to some previous swims that I've watched her do, it, it is more about how she swims on yeah. the surface of the water than, have, than necessarily to have to, to have the one thing not be and being a strong flyer as she is she's just not making the transition from that the arm pull down into the surface there's right. something happening from that jump off the wall through the arm pull that it's not translating yet i mean her short course career is quickly coming to a close um unless well but not not according to some of the interviews i guess we saw with um right that that they do utilize that short course to train and mental reprieve from the long course focus. But if she decides to go pro, she's going to, I mean, we just saw Bita Nelson pulling 150 K on three weeks work, you know, and if she wants to, yeah, that's there. She'd be a her. world cup. I mean, gosh, she's, if anybody was ever built for the world cup, yeah, and the Kate way that Douglas. she the way that uh, she trains, the way that she's shown that she can do all of the tough doubles and triples that she's done at UVA, it's just yeah. If there was any person right now on that side that was going to be a, a short course money maker for the for themselves for a, a while, it'd be her. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, 
Um, I don't think we have anything left to do, Eric, except, you know, maybe edit out the part where I, uh, forgot that Texas beat UVA in the dual meet and that's why they're ranked number one. <laughs> you know what? Leave it in. Just leave the it. People in. deserve to know that every now and then I have a massive brain fart and I don't do any yeah. editing. So the fact that you don't hear more of them is evidence that for the most part, I don't, um, and you know, we like that cinema verite style, or I do, mainly because it involves not editing. <laughs> I will say one quick. I know since we were talking about sprinting, just thirty. Yeah, do it. Do it. You do your one quick. Yeah, do it. The SMU invite, the one that probably not a lot of people were necessarily following. One oh, thing, here we go. Yeah, Eric's thing. second favorite team, yeah. SMU. Yeah, no, just boy, so you know, guys. Hit a good swim, winning the two fly had a lot of good midseason uh, yeah. postings. Colin. Uh, I can't now say his last name, right? Fieri um, put up some really solid midseason times. Both those guys got invited last year to the show. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me that I had no idea was going on, and even though they hadn't quite put it into the 100 yet, um, SMU had four guys under 20 in the A final to 53 and was 0.37 off the A cut for that 200 free relay. So, you know, one of those things that, again, talking about sprinting and, and the sprinting guru that's out there at Tempe and then the guy flying below the radar and Josh at Tennessee and UVA just being sprint all the time. Um, you know, you got a program out there in, in the Dallas suburbs just kind of quietly also getting getting guys to go really fast in the 50. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that works out at the end of the season. They have a pretty – uh, forgiving conference championship meet. So they might be able to, to swing certain situations to be able to line up to get that a cut, which would be awesome to see because they'll have guys invited provided they keep project projecting like they did last season. So um, just a, a storied program that probably not a lot of people know the background in terms of some guys like Lars Frolander and the early years of the Dallas morning news classic and, Swimming in, yeah. swimming in an old basketball field house, which I had, the, I, <laughs> I had the pleasure of doing my freshman year. Um, there is no venue quite like that old field house at SMU. Yeah, that was always a real, I have very fond memories of watching that, uh, or really, really reading the results of that beat on the internet yeah, that's when you had to back read in the, the day. <laughs> That's when, we, that's when we, we didn't watch. That's how we watched, okay, kids? That's how we watched the swim meets back in the day. We waited for Phil Witten from Swimming World yeah. or Craig Lord to tell us what happened at the meet. Could get you a printout of the meet results. Couldn't email right. it. They had to mail it right. to you. Yeah. And I, I, I really also particularly enjoyed that name that you had a very hard time pronouncing because all I can hear is um, the name of Irish-American actor Calm Fiore who just look him up guys when you when you google calm fiori if you're listening to this podcast right now you're gonna go oh that guy that's not who eric was referring to i'm pretty sure that he's 64 years old his eligibility is all used up but um that's just where my mind went and that's how things go on this podcast thank you to everybody for listening um thank you to everybody uh uh that has engaged on uh my new instagram page uh christy underscore coach Krista Santa's coaching on Facebook, the people who have liked and subscribed. We still haven't gotten you to comment on these when we post them on YouTube. And um, if you want to help out 
please go, even if you listen to the audio version of this, go on YouTube, you know, find, find Christopher DeSantis, uh, YouTube page. They're all uploaded there. And just like comment, like commenting for the algorithm. Okay. You're going to help more people see this stuff. And I appreciate the help. Um, thank you to Eric, Eric, happy Thanksgiving, Joel, even I guess happy Thanksgiving, despite your not being here. And, uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Thanks Chris.